Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City, from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Andrew, do you ever have watch regret? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, what's the, what, what's the last time you had watch regret? I don't know. Put me on the spot with such an important question. I, I don't know, but I know I have, all right? Uh, yeah, I had a major amount of it last night because... I was excited to tune into Telemundo for Brazil and Argentina, more of which later, but it it left a rather bad taste in the mouth. Um, again, uh, yeah, much like much like Messi's Fernet and Coke, it uh, will probably taste great if you're an Argentinian fan. But we'll get to that. And I just feel that I left something on the table that I didn't watch Canada hosting Jamaica. I just, it just wouldn't have occurred to me. I, I'm still in the in the Canadian era of good feelings, so I assume they'll be better. I assume they'll win. I got it wrong. It was a cracking game in Toronto, a devastating one. If you're a Canadian men's national team fan hoping to continue the Herdman era, uh, doesn't look like it. It's going to happen. And um, so yeah, so here I am uh, with watch regret. And that game only created maybe the second most buzz of the evening in CONCACAF. Yeah. Oh, JJ, the, the CONCACAF was just effing rocking last night. Was it that really? Play, they were, that place was rowdy. The police were called. Oh, the CONCACAF was spectacular. They're going to be talking about it for years, what was going on in that place last night. That, what? The Conca- the Conca Cafe is amazing most nights, but it feels like it had it had a night that all the patrons will remember. Oh, the CONCACAF. This this region delivered last night. This region absolutely delivered yesterday. Um, I think it was Nico Cantor uh, on Twitter. He said something to the effect of like, 
I, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like people who don't, people who are annoyed by the, these international breaks just don't get it. Like they're, they're so Premier League centric or whatever. That's okay. We are oftentimes too, but you'll, I've said this before. You'll never hear me complain about these international breaks because they, no, I, this, this one has wound up being so eventful in so many different ways. And it was, and last night was just a mwah, chef's kiss cherry on top with some of what went down. I, I think I think Nico has a point, but I also think that it's not fair for for people uh, for him to have a go at people that are complaining uh, that they don't get it. What he, here's get? here's the actual tweet. If for right, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He has the quote here, quoting like an unknown speaker. I hate the international break, and then him speaking. Tell me you only watch European football without telling me you only watch European football. Today has been, and then a series of popcorn emojis. Uh, I, no question. And and if you are like, like the worst mistake you could make, the worst mistake you could make as as a maybe you're a newly minted soccer fan. You've only been a soccer fan for five years, right? You live in, um, you live on the on the west coast or the east coast, and you know, uh, you tune into all the Premier League, and that's how you that's how your your brain is wired, and you think I'm going to follow England in qualification. I know all the players. Right, right, and I'll sit now. Total, total mistake. Also, good luck trying to follow them. The split system where, when, and I, I don't want to shill for ESPN, but you know, when ESPN had all the UEFA qualifying on plus, it was brilliant. It was class. You had your one stop shop, and they'd always have some live game on. Now it's split between Fubo, between FS2. It, it, it don't, if Ireland's on FS2 one week, I, I, it'll be on Fubo the next, or you don't even know. So it's hard for people to watch, and it's hard for them to know as well, like in Comnibal, CONCACAF, you know, where am I watching this? Like, it's split everywhere. So I don't I don't want to kill people for that, but you're definitely making a mistake if you just focus. Like I, I had a, I had an hour of, of just great enjoyment watching a nil-nil between Italy and the Ukraine. Like, it was... <laughs> It was fantastic, absolutely yeah. brilliant, and it's still fairly mainstream UEFA qualifying. So I think it, it's it's good to get weird, and there's nothing weirder than Concacaf. <laughs> it got weird last night. Now we will talk about the game you mentioned was unbelievable, Canada and Jamaica. We'll talk about that and some of the ramifications of it because that's yeah. it's incredible what happened there. Obviously, and we will we'll, talk about Brazil and Argentina as well. hundred percent because uh, obviously, look what happened on the field is of note, significant note. It's Brazil and Argentina and Brazil doing things that we have literally never seen before for the worse. Uh, but also what happened in the stands last night. Uh, there's there's a lot to dive into with that as well. But let's start, JJ. Let's start in CONCACAF. And so it's late last night and I'm just kind of like, I'm, I guess maybe I had a little bit of watch regret last night to answer your question because I'm, I'm monitoring Twitter and following Mexico-Honduras as intently as you can without watching it. And I couldn't take it anymore because the tension was just building. Mexico scored uh, in the, what was it, 43rd minute. So it's 1-0. And now Honduras are kind of clinging on for dear life to try to keep this lead and prevent this from going extra time. And the tension is building and building. And, like, I'm following the tweets of everyone who's locked in on it, talking about how, like, you could feel it in that place. And I was like, finally it hit me like a bolt of lightning. I was like, oh, that's right, Tudin. The Tudin network. So I, cause I never think like my, my go-to is not to like watch in Spanish, but that's, what's free. That's what's out there. And so it hit me. I was like, that's right. I've done this before. Um, and so I watched like the last, 
how I forget how many minutes of the game in Spanish. So they get to let's just fast forward right to the good stuff, right okay. to just CONCACAF. If CONCACAF were a person, this was CONCACAF just stripping off all its clothes and saying, here I am. Love me. This is me. And the game. So they get to the 90th minute. And look, it's no secret how important Mexico is to this region and to the tournaments and events that go on in this region. Hash cow. Right. Like, and and we know, like, Jerry World is going to be the site for some of these major upcoming events, Nations League, Copa America, whatever. And we know what Mexico's presence does to that place. Bang, 100,000 Mexican fans. They turn it overnight. into Geraldo World. <laughs> right. Like, no, we don't, doesn't matter what the price is. One ticket, 800 bucks. Yeah, sure, whatever. Once in a lifetime opportunity, even though they'll do it a thousand times in their life. But like, we know how important they are. And so in a moment like this, you can't help but watch what's going on through those Mexican tinted glasses and just thinking, they may not. Are they not going to be present for this event that has kind of been based around their presence? And the clock is ticking and ticking. The tension is building. And they get to stoppage time. And without any real significant happenings in the second half, suddenly, bang, nine minutes up on the board. And it's like, up oh, here we go. CONCACAF, would ha- they're not going to let this happen. They're not, they're not going to let... Mexico blow this opportunity without at least them having a hand in in trying to help them up. Nine minutes up on the board. Um, USMNT takes had a funny tweet. He said, kind of crazy that Jamaica versus Canada had both penalties and red cards in regular time, but finished in less time than the Mexico Honduras match did. (laughs) CONCACAF made it too obvious this time. Hard pill to swallow for Honduran fans. Money talks though. I thought he, he, look, I, I don't know. Like we're just, podcasters well, who are speculating but they throw hang a on. nine minutes up but wait a sec jj because it gets worse the nine minutes was bonkers enough but then the nine minutes comes and goes mexico hasn't scored now what do we do uh-oh uh, uh keep playing <laughs> and two more minutes go by finally edson alvarez scores in the 11th minute of stoppage time inexplicably minutes right. that were added on inexplicably i don't think anything really happened in those nine minutes that would say we need two more i i will forever wonder till my last breath when when i'm on my deathbed hopefully i'm i'm 97 years old and my generations of gunlings are around me uh, and they ask me what what are you what are your regrets my regret will be I want to know why. Why were those extra two minutes added to the nation's <laughs> quarterfinal between oh Mexico and God. Honduras? It God. was amazing. And I'd also want to know this. What like, if Mexico I mean, what if Mexico hadn't scored? How long would they have gone before they finally said, okay, we we listen, tried, but we listen, have to end I, this? I you know me, I don't enjoy the conspiracy theories of supporters in football because I think most of them come from a weird place on the internet and people's brains and they see bias everywhere. But that does not mean that does not mean that there's a general atmosphere, shall we say, a general um, ambiance set amongst officialdom in CONCACAF, where it's kind of just said when Mexico play and they're in a bit of bother, you give them as much rope as you possibly can. And 
Good Lord. And they did sure they? did. And like, it doesn't have to be a directive. There doesn't have to be money changing hands. There doesn't have to be like uh, files and emails found on the dark web that say exactly how the conspiracy was conducted. No, it can be just a culture. It can be just like, you know, people getting penalties at Old Trafford and uh, like Liverpool and Man United get at, in their respective homes, getting, you know, the kind of, oh, that's a 50-50 tackle, but but United will get it, but Liverpool will get it, but Arsenal will get it because they're a big side. That's not a written down conspiracy of the, I'm not saying it happens right now, but I'm saying in the past, that's just something the referees might have felt the pressure of. It's just, it's just something that's in the air and it's in the air with Mexico. It certainly was. Now, I, I did not watch this game because you were asking me as I was going to bed, I'd done 90 minutes, 90 tough minutes of Rodrigo de Paul falling over the place. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'd had enough of soccer. I was like, I, I, I can't do much more. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I went to bed. So I didn't see this game. But what you're suggesting to me and the picture you're painting is that um, a lot of rope was given to Mexico. Well, I texted you because it was in a moment where I was in a, a fit of rage. And I know that there were others like me who were also watching on Tudin. So this game where, I, like I said, the fit tension, the, 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 Honduras had been red carded after all this happened. So now they're playing a man down in, in extra time. And they're just clinging. They're just hanging on. They're doing what they can. They're playing for their lives uh, in this game. They, you know, we know what this means to Mexico, but good Lord, Honduras are not in this, uh, in in this position very often where they can qualify for Copa America and they still might, but them getting to a nation's league semi qualifying for Copa America, doing it all in one night in the Azteca. I mean, this would be one of the most significant nights in the history of Honduran football. And they're hanging oh, yeah. on, hanging on, and you you feel the tension of the weird eleven minutes of stoppage time that had just happened, and Mexico scoring, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of extra time, Tudin goes to a commercial break. There, while play is play is happening, nothing. There was no stoppage. All of a sudden, what? bang, commercial. Suddenly, I didn't and, understand that when you when you text me that I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I went crazy. I said, "Are you what? Is this just my TV? I need to know what's going on." So I, I, I just put in, put in Tudin on Twitter, and everybody who was watching there was like, "What are they thinking? Someone needs to get fired for this." Like it was everybody, and so, but like because of the atmosphere of suspicion around it, I thought this was going to be. You know how every like Law and Order episode, JJ, there's always some scene of a guy being like, "All right, well, let's just check the security tapes," and somebody's like, "We did. Those two minutes are missing." And I was like, is that, are we witnessing the missing two minutes? Is this break happening and we're going to come back and Mexico are going to be lining up some penalty while 400 players are being let off the pitch with red card? Like, what are we, what is happening while we're gone here? Sure enough, when we came back, Mexico were lining up a free kick from just outside the box that wound up going wide. But that's the atmosphere. You don't trust, you don't trust what's going on. And like you were saying, I don't, I don't believe in the conspiracy stuff either, usually, but in this region, it's not unfounded to believe because corruption has been such a part of what's gone on I, in I this know. region. So when some, so we're sort of trained to recognize when something smells bad, there's there's usually a reason for it. Eleven minutes of stoppage time when nine were on the board, which was already weird, and nothing happened to to add to it. Like 
it smells bad. Like we were, you're watching it happening in real time and, and living in this region and watching soccer in this region my whole life. You're trained to just watch it suspiciously. This was all suspicious. So no one scores. It goes to penalties. And I thought it in my head. I swear to you, I thought it in my head. How much you want to bet a keeper will be off the line at some point when a penalty is saved in this shootout. And sure enough, not once, but twice, the Honduran keeper was made two saves, both on, uh, who was it, Horta, I think it was, that could have tied it up late in the penalty shootout. Uh, both of them retaken for him being off the line. And I'm not saying they're wrong calls. I'm not, like, I, I, the second one definitely was. The first one I'd have to see again. Um, but, like, it just, you just knew, like, this, this was going to happen. And sure enough, then Mexico goes on and they win it. Weird scenes afterwards. Honduran players were furious. Obviously, there was a lot. It, it was weird because the weird the win was strange for Mexico. It was obviously hugely important, but I think I don't know. It felt like they all knew this was whew, we might have gotten away with one here. But then they're kind of like talking trash to the Honduran players as like Honduras is angry about it. It uh, all just felt weird. It was it was just a it was a good old cockacaf night going on at the Azteca yesterday. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. I feel for the Hondurans. Uh, I really do. And let's, let's be honest about it. Uh, this is a country that really punches above its weight uh, in its region and can, and often gives really, really tough games to the to the power. So I'm sorry. I am sorry to hear. Uh, now, as hilarious as it is to us, I am, I am sorry to hear that they, they've uh, had this pain inflicted on them. And they will be, no doubt, absolutely brimming with, with conspiracy theories and... Um, yeah. Yeah. When you were when you were texting me so excitedly, I knew something is amiss here. Something's this is not good. Something Something's there's happening. something rotten in the in in uh in CONCACAF right now. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too, because I was just saying yesterday when we recorded, I was just talking about how like I don't know, I kind of want Mexico to go through. And look, sure enough, the US the U.S. and Mexico, if they meet in the Nations League, it'll now be in the final. They're they're not paired up in the semis. So, it, look, if that happens, I will be so happy because that will be so much fun and we'll be so up for that. Um, so it's all good. However, your true feelings, I think, do come out when you are in it and you're watching a game and you're invested in it. And I'm not going to lie, for whatever I said yesterday about Mexico and being more excited when they're involved, JJ, I, I couldn't help it. Like, I was just rooting instinctually for Honduras it was so it was so raw and genuine like I, I wanted them to do it so badly because it just felt it felt like they had done it they deserved it to me um so I don't know maybe maybe those are in fact my true feelings but if we get a U.S. Mexico matchup in the Nations League final or any at any point in Copa America oh my god it'll be amazing but I just felt ah, I felt bad for Honduras I just really did it's tough, tough one to watch for them. I mean, look at you hate Mexico. Let's be honest. The, the, in football, in football, yes, fo- football, football. Must Jeez. be very careful. We're, we're no, I love the, the I love the people yeah. in the country, but are you better? Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it's um, it's one of those where I I I naturally go for the underdog anyway, and I do not, I do not like. Actually, I take that back. In terms of our podcast. I need Mexico to be good. <laughs> I need them to be, if not good, always against us in a game of relevance. So, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry if I know that hurts. 
yeah, uh, Honduras so, and, and, and a lot of other countries, but that's the way I feel. So that's what was going on upstairs last night in the cock cafe. Then you go downstairs into the basement and you had Jamaica and Canada. Um, this one in Toronto where Canada does not lose. Um, they smashed Jamaica there just not long ago, four nil. Um, and incredibly, incredibly Jamaica come back. They turn around the aggregate and they win this one three, two, and they advance on away goals. Uh, the aggregate was tied up. They advanced to the semifinals. They booked their place in next summer's Copa America, while Canada, meanwhile, are going to have to do it the hard way. And boy, JJ, you were saying before about in this era of Canadian football, you kind of just expect them to do it. I got news for you. <laughs> that era of good feelings in Canadian football, it is over. Now, it doesn't mean that it can't that it can't be reincarnated at some point, but like right now, if you look at the state of what's going on there. I mean, all the momentum of what came out of last year's world world cup qualifying cycle that is gone. Really disappointing showing in Qatar in fighting with the Federation, losing to the U S's C team in the gold cup, losing their manager. Now a failure to qualify for the nation's league semifinals all at home where, where they're never supposed to lose. Like you talk about not capitalizing on a moment. Canada, what's going on there this past year since the World Cup ended? Oh man, they have it feels like they have really squandered their moment. Yeah, and I I, I don't want to criticize the players too much because okay, the defending certainly wasn't always the best. They got caught in transition like far too many times uh last night, particularly on the second Shamara Nicholson goal. But you know. I know this as a fact. You cannot have the levels of dysfunction that they possess within their organization, within Canada soccer, and weather the storm on the field for very long. Eventually, that all coagulates and comes together. Um, and so it did last night. Just just a couple of things on this. Well, more than a couple of things on this game. Uh, I have been an Andre Blake skeptic. Everyone knows it, uh, mostly from what I've seen in MLS. Yeah, you've been wrong uh, for I, a while, but continue. No, I mean we, t- we there's been, I, I I think I've been a victim of when I'm tuning in, he's often conceded a goal where I'm like, ah, if he's as good as everyone says he is, he gets to that. I'm thinking the messy drive from distance against Inter Miami this year, like from all of like 45 yards, and it somehow bounces past him into the net. He did concede two goals last night, but equal easily in the first half in Toronto, he could he could have conceded four. That's not a lie. These were point blank saves, and even on the first uh, Canadian goal, he makes a brilliant save. It just loops up over and bounces into the net. There's nothing he could do. He stood on his head in that first half. He is showed the the finest proponent of the kick save you've ever seen. Like getting his feet wasn't with his hands; it was mostly with his feet. He was brilliant, Andrew. And the fact that he limited Canada to two goals was the platform for Jamaica to go on and be able to, to, to win this tie. That's just a fact. Canada could have been home and hose by half time. They were not. Shamar Nicholson looked every inch an old, like, like an old school centre forward. Uh, again, please don't read me the wrong way when I say these things, uh, especially when you say it about a player of colour. You automatically are, are cast as some 
some dinosaur with who needs um edu- educating but he has he showed just great skill yes but incredible power like the the one the, his first goal that he drove home to get them back into the tie as clean a strike as you're going to see, he absolutely leathers it. He tears the cover off the ball. He, he, he it strikes it so so well, um, and 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 Jamaica were really good in transition, really really good in transition, and and uh, and Nicholson led that line brilliantly. And uh, Bobby De- uh, De reads penalty. I mean, it's unlucky. It's a handball, but at the same time, I think in this era, it's definitely a penalty. Mm. Just is, and he rolls it home so calmly. And the sense of shock that Jamaica left in in uh, in the stadium was was amazing. Do you know what else was amazing? What's that? So Ishmael Kone's goal, great flicked on header, liked it, like the like the general move for Canada. The ball barely hits the net; it just hits the net, and the pyrotechnics go off. Did Canada wire the net to the pyrotechnics? Like you're, you're, you're saying, the timing and, was that incredible? It was immediate. Okay, I got to go back. Unless and watch they've that. they've hired an intern with his finger on the button, at a sweaty finger on the button at all moments, ready to do it. The ball hits the net, and simultaneously, whoosh, the dry ice cannon goes off behind the net, right behind the rigging of the net. Now you know me; I'm obsessed with stanchions and all that stuff. So I'm like, if they've done that, that means an offside goal, like an absolute belter. We'll put these things off, and then it's called back. Like it's the ultimate wah wah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, just a just a side note. A oh, another another note from from last night that struck me. Yeah, and you're talking about the era of good feelings ending. Has it ever? So they hadn't been beaten since 2010 in Toronto. Ooh. What? Thirteen? What? Twelve? Uh, uh, do the math for me, Andrew. How many years is that? Thirteen years. What? That's oh my god! And 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 now it happens. Twenty ten, the commentator said that uh, uh, on the on the one broadcast. Unbelievable! Yeah, that is a stunning loss for Canada. And again, I I, I don't want to, I don't want to not give, uh, you know, give the flowers to to Jamaica. But actually, let me do that. Me and you have had this conversation a while, and I'm wondering if, if, uh, if Hal Grimson is the manager that's gonna make this team what it should be, like Bailey, Damari Gray, Bobby Decordova, Reed, Ethan Pinnock. Like, there's a spine, you know. There's something you you can put something together there. You've got you've got enough there. Um, Maybe maybe the quality isn't through, uh, throughout the... Uh, if they were to select a 22-man squad, maybe it's not all there. There's enough to be to be decent. Mm-hmm. And I think he played 4-4-2 last night. I'm, I'm not sure. But I feel like a manager with his background, you know, being Icelandic, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be organized. And if he can get them countering like they did last night are we seeing a new force in in the CONCACAF cafe i think we should be and because you are right i agree that the talent is there and kind of has been for a little bit and for whatever reason they couldn't put it together but there's Uh, enough right there's there's enough there's enough like there's their names that you just mentioned arguably mls's best goalkeeper like you said before like there there Mm. are talented players there 
And like, it shouldn't be that we shouldn't be sitting here stunned that Canada lost necessarily. Like it should be, we should, it should start to kind of normalize that. Yeah. Jamaica Mm. is going to be a tough out. Like they're part of this now. I think that that should start to become more of a normal feeling throughout this region. And and I think maybe that's what last night was kind of ushering in. Um, So yeah, Canada though, like, I mean, they are also one of the co-hosts of this coming world cup in 2026. These, you know, we talk so much about what this, these years mean to the U.S. of trying to get ready for that moment. Canada are also in preparation mode for that. They are now not going to be in the Nations League semifinals, which is hugely important because, like we've said, there's no qualification campaign for these host nations. So these games of import are are few and far between. Now they got to do it the hard way to get into Copa America. They have to qualify for that tournament. They have to. So they still have one more chance. There's one more trap door where they're going to have the one-off. I don't know who they're – I don't know if those matchups have been announced yet, but there's going to be a single match – playoff basically the they get more... it, the, the fact they get another shot at this is is, is such a blessing to them well, they're, they're six, a blessing yeah six CONCACAF nations are going to get in the four who qualified for the nations league semis and then two others uh so we'll see canada i would think would be the a front runner for it but the way that things have been going for them right now it's all bets are off i, I don't know um so that is so important though they need to be playing meaningful football next summer they cannot squander this any longer with some of the these prominent names that they have in their prime right now these guys have got to be playing important games that tournament's a must uh nations league semis it's going to be mexico versus panama and the u.s versus jamaica um march 21st i think is the semis and i think the 24th will be the final so mark your calendars uh right now um for for those because that that is always that is always that that has proven to be a lot of fun and the U.S., of course, have been victorious in the, the previous two iterations. They'll be going for the three-peat with this one. Um, let's see, JJ, we'll get to, uh, you know, I had some stuff on the U.S. with Dest. If any feelings have changed or anything like that, I, I do don't. that quickly. No, yeah. I, I, I've calmed down significantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, um, I think generally people will be kind. People know his value. I thought the manager who doesn't always speak well, did speak well. Um, what, and uh, we move on. I, I, Unless this becomes a pattern in his club career as well, I, I, I think, I think I've, he'll know he was an ass, right? He'll know that. And I think Has that's to. it. Has I, to. I do. I think that's it. And I don't, again, it's footballers are selfish and there's none of them are going to think, unless Scali starts, Whipping in crosses and and like I'm not saying that he can't, but I, I, I starts beating players with the sauce that uh, Serginho Dest does. I don't think I think Greg has a very clear idea in his mind what he wants, and I don't see him pivoting from either of those fullbacks anytime soon. So, so no, I think yeah, move you're, on. You're probably right. I would say one thing that Dest has going for him right now is the old cliche: time heals all wounds. If the U.S. were playing again next week or in two weeks, then it would still be fresh. Glamour for him not to be involved would be huge. Right. But like we are not going to see that there's going to be a January camp, which is going to be MLS heavy. None of the European guys will be a part of that. And then we'll see them for the Nations League. Not till I, I, I think that's the next thing after January camp uh, in March. That how what is that? Four months from now? Almost five months from now? Like, so, yeah, he'll be suspended for the semi. I don't know that it's a given if he's a, if if the U.S. get to the final that he'll be ushered right back in. He, that may not be the case if the U.S. play well. I don't think that's a given. But I do think this 
all this talk of banishment and that was all silliness even in the moment. But I think the fact that there's so many months between now and the next time we're going to see these guys, uh, it, that will have died down. I think that's working for him. But yeah, JJ, unless he, unless he, only, unless he asked, uh, asked the fool for, for PSV. Yeah. Um, but like I said, this is this was, in fact, this 2-1 defeat versus Trinidad, but qualifying and going through. Um, that was, in fact, the last time that uh, that the U.S. will play in the calendar year of 2023. So, mm. and, and look, when we get into our late December pods where we do a little bit more reflecting, we can go deeper here. But just now, knowing that this is it, we've seen them now for an entire year, um, can you can you fill in the blank for me? 2023 was a blank year for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, 2023 was a disruptive. Hmm. Hmm. Disruptive. I felt there was way too much non-soccer stuff that okay. just kept rumbling out of the World Cup. Yeah, mine is kind of of a similar vein. I said 2023 was a weird year because, I mean, look, the most important thing of the year was was probably the Nations League and mm. the U.S. Like that's when everybody brought their A squads and like and the U.S. looked awesome there. It was one of their most impressive ever wins against Mexico. But like that momentum slowed. You had the Gold Cup. Granted, it was the C team, but it was largely disappointing. You know, yeah. some of the friendlies were disappointing. You know, going they against were. Germany. Like and by the way, the Germans. We said that the U.S. looked like their get right game. The Germans have not gotten right since then. No. Um. So that so was, that that doesn't reflect even, great on us. Makes it even a little more disappointing. Obviously, the Reina Bearhalter controversy. Even though it feels like that is now finally settling, that will reverberate forever. Like that that happened this year essentially. That dominated headlines this year. Um, Bearhalter's rehiring. It, like whether you whether you hated it, loved it. We can all agree that it divided opinion in a way this year that few things can in this sport quite like that. Getting Balogun was great. Obviously, that was a huge get for the U.S. That happened this year. But if you look across the team of some of their key players, like some of the the key players for this team kind of stagnated in their club careers. You know, Pulisic at Chelsea went, went terribly. And we're seeing now, okay, maybe he'll do better at AC Milan, but that's still in its early days. Reyna, not really playing much. At Dortmund, Dest obviously didn't have a club. Now he's at PSV. Aronson kind of bounced around. Even Tyler Adams, injuries. You know, he hasn't gotten his start yet at Bournemouth. Matt Turner now moved to a club where you thought he'd start. He's the back. I mean, it was was kind of a weird year. I don't know. Next year will be, they'll have Copa America next year. So that's going to be a big one. Hopefully it's, I would say hopefully better next year than what we got this year. I, I hope that's not asking too much, but we'll see. All right, we'll go ahead. We'll we'll take a break, JJ. We'll come back on the other side. Some important news regarding merch. Uh, So we'll have that for you. We're going to talk a little bit uh, Brazil-Argentina, a little bit on MLS postseason, which resumes this coming weekend. Still a lot to do here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, back now. Caught offside. Uh, Thanksgiving Eve. I don't know when you're listening to this. I don't even know when we're releasing this, to be honest. But uh, Thanksgiving, from when we're recording this, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Boy, this was always one of my, I mean, you, this was one of the great party nights of the year. Uh, oh, but, uh, apparently back in the day, going out the night before Thanksgiving was, I, I've only done that really once. Oh no, I've done it a few times. Uh, I did it once and I was horribly hung over for Thanksgiving day and it, it, I I didn't enjoy myself. So I, I haven't, I've, I've tried to curb that, that thing, but yeah. um, I was out one night, one belter of everyone was out. I and I just arrived in the country, and so I'm out with my friend, and he's seeing all his, all his kind of, uh, high school friends, people he used to know, uh, and I didn't know anyone. I'm just like, what's going on? It's like it's like friends reunited over here, and I'm just that awful yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had I had one of these nights on a night before Thanksgiving once. I can't really give you details. All I know is. Uh, at one point, the bouncer told my friend to make sure he kept an eye on me. Whoa. So I know it was that kind of night. Uh, I say, whoa, that is a common thing for most people. But for you, that feels is like. Is it? That feels like, yeah. Yeah. Keep that an feels eye like on your friend here. Exactly. When, it, when I hear it about you, it does sound weird because you're not, you're not that guy. But, um, I don't know if you know me quite as well as you think. Thank you. Do I have a real dark side? I've 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 heard rumors of and uh, Andrew unleashed, but <laughs> been pretty leashed for the last while. Speaking of of a bright side, Andrew, um, mm-hmm. perfect segue. Mm-hmm. Uh, merch is merch is at a point where we can say we're ex- we're excited, right? We, yeah, we've talked about it obviously for years, and I think many people probably had given up and thought they're just going to keep saying this and stringing us along. Uh, the link is not active yet, so I don't want to necessarily direct anyone anywhere. Um, no. Trust us when it is, you will know, and it'll be plastered all over the place. But what I'll tell you is it is now as real as, as it has ever been. I've seen the shirts. We've met with the distributor. Um, and now we are in, I would say we are in the ultimate final stages. So keep your eyes open over the next week. Make sure you listen to the podcast because uh, we'll have details for it. I would think within the next week probably early next week on our first pod yeah our Liver- liverpool man city pre- uh, recap pod i would yeah, think we'll, we'll have, we'll have exactly, details for you we'll tell you exactly how it's going to going to go down how it's going to roll out i would say uh, i'm excited for it i'm excited just to get something out there for you guys but know this i will i will want to do more so there will be more in the new year as well but yeah. uh, this will be our first one which is always groundbreaking and exciting yeah i do think that's important to note for people um, this is kind of an initial test run. We have not done anything like this before. We're excited about doing it because I think it'll be cool. Um, and I think this stuff looks great. Um, but 
it, it should be reminded to people that um, this is a a party of two handling this. And I think that that's been some of the reasons why this has taken longer than expected is because there are details to this. We are not professionals in that line of work. We are, we are good at, I think, doing a show, coming up with things to talk about, having angles on things, business, marketing, uh, I, those sorts of things are, are don't necessarily come as natural. And so I think that that is where we're at now. And, and I think I've done okay in, in my role so far. Like the fact we have a registered business and that we can we can launch like this and that I didn't have to go, I could go straight away and, and, and you know, be able to fill out things and like, like have an EIN number. All yeah. that stuff is, do- is down to me and I will take the credit for that. But I will also take the blame for the delay in things because it's like, like Andrew said, sometimes it's like, wow. You know, and it's wow because we've got such amazing uh, listeners and it's wow yeah. because we've got such a hardcore group of listeners and we want to do something good for you guys and i just don't want it to be any kind of rough t-shirt with like uh it, something daubed on it i want it to be nice and something you want to wear so that like even the even the design part of it you know was took longer than i thought because we, we don't we don't know how to we, we've rebranded literally within a year we've rebranded and i'm proud of that though and so, sure. listen, just keep, you got to keep listening to the podcast early next week. We're going to tell you how it's going to go down. Uh, bearing in mind, it's a two-man operation. You should expect expect that to be built in, baked into what we do. Um, but I'm excited for, for I'm excited. Do you know what I'm excited for, Andrew? What's for the that? Per- first person to get their t-shirt and to be like in, in some other part of the country, wearing it at their bar or wearing it on a date even, or wearing it in the house or to the gym or wherever and taking a picture and sending it to us. That's what yeah. I'm excited about. That will be nice. But I do like that. It is important that you mentioned there, the missteps should be baked into the expectations. I think that's funny. <laughs> that yeah. is, that is uh, not what I said. What I said was, yeah, look, we're, 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 we're not exactly a well-oiled machine. I, come here. We're brilliant. What we Done is brilliant, and I'm proud of us. And we've been we've been together almost a decade. We'll be and a still love each other. I still care for you deeply. I've only hated um, you twice during this time, during all of our years together. Sometimes I, I secretly hate you, but it's, oh, see, it's see now that that worries me because mine it, oh, I've been for... loud and out there. You know all the times. The fact that you've been hiding them makes me that worries me. No, no, I, I. I my my mine is like a wave of hatred and it lasts tops 20 minutes i need to i need moments and incidents i need to know Usually what i do when i take the initiative to do something and i work hard on it and you give me a face <laughs> an unsure face yeah. i i need a i need you you have specifics i need them i i i, I don't i it, it's happened so many times I, I throw out an idea or I have actually done something. Oh, you've you, asked on every, on so many of my ideas. How dare you? All right. Okay. Anyways, merch that's, guys, get excited. That's not okay. Keep that's not in what, the spirit of any of this. No. Uh, hey, I'm thankful for our relationship. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, with that. I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I apologize for, for the waves of hatred I have towards you. I, from now on, I don't want them hidden. I need them out there because otherwise right. now now I'm going to be insecure and wondering. I'm going to make a signal, right? Every time you're you're getting... Just say that you say... just. No, I no, want no. you to say to me during the next time it happens, you wanted to know those moments when I hate you? We're in one now. I'll say, okay. Under, okay. Uh, no, I want to do this. Why? What is, wave. Wave. I'm making a W with my fingers, with my two hands. 
that will that will signify wave of hatred. Okay, there was. I'll tell you what. There was a wave of hatred going on at the Maracanã last night holy between Brazil holy and Argentina. Geez. This was this was a rather eventful one nil win for the current World Cup champs. They go to Brazil. They win. Brazil had never lost at home in World Cup qualifying until last night. They have also now lost three consecutive World Cup qualifiers. What is going on with Brazil right now? Three straight and a home defeat in Commonwealth World Cup qualifying? They're sixth in the table. And by the way, they will be until next September when qualifying resumes. I mean, this is... And we can talk about the stuff in the stands, but I figure we do the the on-field stuff first. I okay, know you, well, were, you were locked into this one, and this was a this was a bad game. 42 oh. fouls in this game. A red card eventually on Joe Linton. Um, obviously, Rodrigo DePaul was a part of that. Like you said, oh he my was God, on the ground the man. whole game. I mean... He's the most Atletico he, Madrid player I've ever seen in my entire life. He is the epitome. He is the incarnate of an S-house. But he, like he's very effective. He's super effective footballer. I, I just feel like every second I, I he would end up clutching his face. Now there's a couple of times he got slapped in the face. A couple of times I would call one of them a gentle caress. Like no more than that. And he's over on the ground, rolling around. It was it was and it was also frantic and frenetic. It was like they were trying to kick each other, but pulling out at the last minute. Like there was no shape to this game, none whatsoever. It was complete and utter dirge. If it wasn't Brazil at the Maracanã, if it wasn't Argentina visiting, if it wasn't the reigning world champions visiting, you would turn it off. You would you would say, I I I don't know what this is. I can't watch it. You watch the highlights. The excellent highlights that Telemundo put out with no commentary. I love them. They're just so good in HD on YouTube. Watch those highlights. There's not there's nothing. Except I would say Otamendi's towering header is one of my favorite headers I've seen in a long time. It's absolutely brilliant. The desire gets up of two defenders right up there and just buries one past Allison right into the top corner. Stunning goal. It's really stunning goal. But um, but on the field, uh, Messi has never been more peripheral in a game. I think it's one of the worst games I've ever seen him seen him play in. His most amount of action was before the game, rounding up the Argentinian players to bring them in off the field while the violence continued in the stands, saying, no, 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 we're not doing this, bringing them back in. And the next bit of action was... He got the most intense groin hamstring uh, massage I've ever seen uh, right in the middle of the game. And anybody who knows anything, that's not going to help. It's It'll help maybe for like a few seconds while you're rubbing it. But the guy was not fit. Yeah. Did not look fit. And it's lucky he's in his off season now because he needs to recover big time. So um, I, I think that they are saying that today, that he does have a groin injury. He said that the stop-start nature to the beginning, so he warmed up. Then there was this 27-minute delay, which we'll talk about. Um, then they came back out again. He said that did not help. I think part of this, look, the fact that it was Brazil-Argentina and it was his last game of the year, and now he has time to really rest and recover, I think he kind of put it, he put it on the line because of the the grandness of the occasion. And the fact that he knows it's not like he's going back to club football right away. He does have time here. 
in, in another circumstance, I don't know that he would have tried to play through it because it did seem like he would, he was affected by it. Uh, I don't think there's any properly. doubt. Yeah. He couldn't move properly. Also, like right before the game, what kind of an introduction to a game is, or, or how does it set the tone where you've got your goalkeeper and uh, Martinez trying to get into the stands mm-hmm. to, to separate some, some, some supporters there did, there didn't look like there was any segregation whatsoever. None. Um, this is from Tim Vickery's report. It all began as the national anthems were being played. This reportedly led to scuffles between rival groups of fans. Things escalated when the local police launched a baton charge on the Argentine fans, and the situation quickly got out of control. Yellow seats were flying through the air as the supporters fought back. There were fans with blood streaming down their faces, and as the Argentine supporters retreated, some Brazilians who had nothing to do with the fighting were caught up in the confusion and went diving over the crash barriers and onto the pitch to get away from the conflict. This could have been disastrous, absolutely disastrous, and it wasn't. Um, I mean, it was bad enough what, what happened. It was pretty – I mean, it was really ugly. And the thing that's interesting to me, you, you said the way that fans were kind of – they looked like they were among each other. Like, you could see – you know, we're, we're accustomed to seeing, like, the away fans in the Premier League. There's clear delineation. There's, a, there's you know, unused rows of seats. There's yes. security. Like – there was this was blurry. Like obviously there was that large pocket of Argentinian fans in the corner next to the goal, but like it was blurry between them and and it was hard to tell where the Brazilians ended and the Argentinians began. And Tim Vickery said uh, the visiting support is usually placed high up in one of the corners with the seats below left vacant to ensure an adequate separation. None of that happened on Tuesday. And so the Argentina fans were behind one of the goals directly next to the organized group of Brazil followers. Uh, Anatorg, Brazil's Association of Organized Supporters, had warned before the game that this was a mistake. Their words were not heeded. Oh, for God's sake. Why? Why do this? Why play with fire like this? And now look, ultimately, like, I don't want to give the people who were involved a pass. Like, you still want people to behave like people. But like why why would play with fire in this way why make it so easy for something like this to happen yeah but we know what happens when mass amount of people are in a place all together that it's not i'm sorry it's not always you know the most rational of human instinct that leads the day it's not people get involved in stuff there's drink involved from outside there may be drugs involved from outside i'm not saying that's the case right now but huge amount vast swathes of people put together and when they're rival teams like you can't, you can't just when you've got a system in place and the supporters are telling you what's safe and what works, do that, right? But so, so that was the that was the backdrop to it. Um, it was tense. There was a from I mean, there was a ver a real tension when they kicked off, um, and the game felt that way. It was just not. It was just a bad game, and oh, so it was terrible, absolutely dreadful. The really, really just shapeless, uh, frantic. Like the the worst kind of uh, yeah, the worst kind of of game you can watch in the most dispiriting kind of atmosphere surrounding it. One thing I wonder about Brazil on the field, in terms of what's going on with them right now. So, I, I just I do feel that Neymar needs to be brought up here because I'm kind of wondering, like, does this team not know how to play when he's not there? Like if. If you operate off of the like the official designation that World Cup matches decided on on penalties, te- technically those go down as draws. I know that's silliness, but let's just go with that because that technically they are their draws. So since Brazil's loss to Argentina in the 2021 Copa America final, Brazil have played 16 matches with Neymar in the lineup. 
They've won 13 and they've drawn three. They haven't lost any. Again, asterisk over the draw versus Croatia because they kind of lost it in penalties, but technically it's a draw. They haven't lost in, in 16 games with Neymar in the lineup. Since he gets hurt in the 44th minute versus Uruguay, they go on to lose that game. They lose their next one against Colombia, and now they lose this one at home against Argentina. They had never lost before at home in World Cup qualifying until this. In those aforementioned 16 games, Neymar had registered a goal and or assist in 13 of them. 11 goals, 9 assists. I mean, you watch this, and you can't help but wonder, are are they too reliant on this guy, and they're just in some kind of period right now where they're trying to figure out how to play without him? That's what yes. the, the statistics feel like they tell you. Yes, they've also got an interim manager who's double job in between Fluminense and and the Brazilian national team. I don't think that's helpful. I, I don't know why it popped up on my timeline. I mean, why wouldn't it? I mean, my timeline is full of full of kind of soccer related stuff. But for somebody was commenting about Neymar uh, or Brazil and the goal against the, the what they thought would be the winning goal against Croatia came up. Mm. Like he's so good in. You think of that game. It would have been the, the crowning moment of his career, I think. You think this you think of the slog of that game. Um and how he just opens things up for yeah, he's the focal point, Andrew. Gabriel Jesus is not that player. Rafinha, Rodrigo, not that player. Martinelli Martinelli did one of the few skillful things we saw last night where he he nutmegged I can't remember who it was, but he nutmegged an Argentinian player out on the left-hand side and then skipped past him. And I thought, maybe there's hope for this game. There was not. Well, the guy um, who the guy who is that player is Vinicius. He can be that right. player, and he's hurt. Mm, he's right. hurt now and will be for a while. So, I mean, you put it together, maybe that's it. And also, um, I, a friend of mine who is married to an Argentinian uh, woman, and she's like, it seems, it, it seems to me that... Um, He's down there right now, and he watched it in a in an Argentinian bar. Oh, obviously an Argentinian bar, a bar in Buenos Aires. They're all Argentinian, full of them. Um, but he he's down there, and it seems to me one thing: when you marry, you don't marry an Argentinian; you marry their family and everything, and the culture and the football, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he was just commenting on on the difference between you know the eighty six ninety Maradona vintage and the messy one and he's saying he's suggesting that and i think he might be right that there were better players around maradona although he was the absolute maverick and the focal point there was better players with uh maradona than there is there's and what he described at the current crop it's messy plus 10 soldiers you know that will go to battle I know, I know what you're going to say. You're, oh, you know, the, you, Julian Alvarez, um, yeah, McAllister. McAllister. Okay, for, yeah, mean, but look, there's there's Otamendi, you know, uh, Romero. Like, yeah, like Romero's pretty good. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought there was something in that, and I don't see too many soldiers in that Brazilian team. Like, just going on on last night for the battle, um, I'm not sure they were there. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that, I guess that's been proven. I mean, yeah, they they lost, and it's not a good sign for Brazil that Messi could be playing hurt and a total non-factor. Argentina, yeah. as a whole, were not they were not very good in this game. No, they weren't, and and they still go in there and win. That's not Brained that's it. not good. No, that's it's terrible. Good. It really is terrible. Uh, let's see, JJ. Before we get out here, um, a couple previews for this weekend. 
Obviously, domestic play returns across the globe, and it does so with a real bang in the Premier League. Saturday, wake up. Everyone, get get the F up at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. First versus second, top two clubs of this era, City, Liverpool, at the Etihad in Manchester. Um, enormous game, obviously. Mm. Title implications early on here, albeit, um, with this one, as it is number one versus number two in the table. City for this, now we'll see. I don't know what the latest news is, but players who are hurt currently, they may be without Ederson, Holland, Ake, Kovacic, and uh, Nunez. This is, of course, on top of De Bruyne, John Stones, and Sergio Gomez, who are already out with long-term injuries. Well, I mean, wow. And look, I know Liverpool are without Andy Robertson. They have, you know, they've got their own stuff. But boy, Manchester City, if there's a time for them to be gotten, especially if Holland isn't playing and De Bruyne is not playing, this this could be a moment here. I, well, I think this is the... For all that's gone beforehand, I, I know the defeat at Tottenham. I mean, that was obviously tainted by everything with the VAR and 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 kind of unprecedented stuff. Um, this is the this is the acid test for Liverpool so far. As we enter into December, we get we can get a read on them now, a real read on on whether they are. Uh, this is a this is a, another Man City Liverpool title race. I think so, because I I personally. Think Tottenham are going to finish, or excuse me, Arsenal are going to. Arsenal can push Liverpool, but I, my my gut, my gut tells me they're not going to be in in a title race. However, they might be if Liverpool prove themselves not to be up to it, and 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 it it's so much more for Liverpool because it's new Liverpool. It's a new, it's a new outfit. It's a it's a reconstructed side over the summer, quicker than they wanted to. And we'll see exactly where they're at against City on Saturday. And I don't care who City are missing. Um, Liverpool have to have to come out and, and put a performance in. Like a, a statement of intent. That's what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, Liverpool and Arsenal are both one point back currently yes. of Manchester City. Uh, Tottenham are two back. Villa are three back. By the way, Tottenham and Villa play on Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um at Spurs in North London. Um, so a couple, couple big games early on your Saturday and Sunday coming up this weekend. Um, let's see MLS conference semifinals. We're back into the postseason here after a little break in this very normal playoff schedule that they have uh, Saturday and Sunday. So here's when the games will be Saturday, five 30 at night, uh, two seed Orlando versus number three, Columbus crew. And then the nightcap at eight o'clock, the top seed FC Cincinnati against the fourth seed Philadelphia Union Sunday, seven o'clock PM, uh, the four verse eight Houston Dynamo versus Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, the one surprising team uh, remaining here. And Sunday at nine 30 to finish off the weekend, two versus three. This is a great one. Seattle Sounders and LAFC. Um, boy, these are all, I kind of love all of these. <laughs> these are really great. Yeah, I, I know the, I think, how we how we got here, the playoff format, the length of this, whatever. But I do think we've been left with some really intriguing uh, quarterfinals, conference semifinals here. I like these a lot. I, I, absolutely, like Orlando City and Columbus Crew. Like that's an that's an unbelievable matchup. I fancy the Crew because I think attacking wise they're pretty spectacular. But they will leave they will leave themselves open. That that could be. That I mean, could be the what was it? Was it just September when they played and Orlando won four three? 
Like that feels like we could you could see something like that easily happening again. Yeah, that could be the game to watch. Um, Cincinnati and the Union. I actually, I don't see I don't see an upset here. It's at home for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati have been at times, if if not always, in in the playoffs, uh, scintillating. I think they probably let uh, the Red Bulls hang around a little bit longer than than they should have. Uh, well, can they absorb the loss of of Matt Miazga? Can the Union? Is it a bigger loss? Miazga or, or I suppose Kai Wagner. I don't know. And, and Glesnes. Gle- I mean, Glesnes obviously still out, out for the season for the Union. Leon right. Flack, we found out this week, not coming back in the postseason. But you're but right. It, the Miazga thing is is big too. Um, well, it, it feels he's MLS's defender of the He's MLS's defender of the year. We'll find out. Just We'll see how absorbable it is. I mean, look, M- Lucho Acosta is the best player in the league this season. So as long as he's yeah. out there, you know, and, and Brandon Vasquez, the Union right. are going to be back on their heels. But this one is so interesting just because, like, just the narratives around it. I mean, in a kind of post-Toronto FC world in the East, it's the best team of the era in the Eastern Conference with Philly and the best team easily of this season in the league in FC Cincinnati. We've talked about the crossover between the staffs. Pat Noonan just was named MLS Coach of the Year. The Ziggy Um, Schmidt Award, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much familiarity between these two groups, between these two teams. Um, You know, my guess is the union will try to slow it down. Uh, defend, look to strike on the counter, something over the top to Gazdag, who's been incredible. Um, and, you know, one thing with FC Cincinnati to keep in mind, so they won 14 games this season by one goal. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, it, I guess you can write your own story with that. Like, it's good that they know how to grind out close games, which a lot of these are going to be in the playoffs. But is it bad in that, like, it, how long is that sustainable to live on the edge? I don't know. So... I'm fascinated by this. Um, I don't know. I, I can't call this one at this point, and I won't. No. <laughs> well, you never do. Um, can I just point your attention to a team that gets so little love and now is going to get a lot of love mm-hmm. over over the weekend? The Houston Dynamo. The yeah. How many false dawns have they had in the last few years? You know, Cab Ramos was coming in. This was, you know, he was the Messiah. Didn't work out at all. Um, and Ben Olsen has come in and he has, he's come in and he's he's just kind of revamped it in such short order. And I just want to see as an experiment, I feel like my gut tells me you can do this pretty quickly in MLS. You can turn the ship around quickly if you, now I'm sure there's fans in Colorado Rapids screaming at me right now saying, no, you can't. Um, but if, if you do things properly, you can, and, and, and Olsen obviously has great experience, you can turn the ship around quickly. Can you turn it all the way to an MLS conference final that quickly? Well, they're playing the eighth seed. He's gotten them in I, position I know, where they're, they're in the sporting finals KC, and, they're, and they're significant favorites. I, I would like to say that Sporting KC, uh, that eighth seed, there's among their coaching staff, amongst their players, there is quality and there is muscle memory. I don't think that's a that that's a true eight, in my view. Um, and then finally, Andrew, like Sunday nine thirty, Seattle Sounders, LAFC. So, who's going to stop Boanga? Well, pro- maybe the Sounders are the best team set up to stop that LAFC attack. And again, muscle memory, coaching staff, ability to shut games down and and, and make games difficult, like a it, totally playoff ready. I can't call that one. I can't call it. So I think also the nature of these, the one tie, I think there's 
set up perfectly. This is, this is a great weekend of MLS yeah. soccer. I love it. I think it'll be great. And by the way, there's two doubles on the line here. I mean, everyone's so focused on FC Cincinnati trying to, the more prominent, the, the Supporter Shield MLS Cup double. But remember, Houston Dynamo won the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they're playing for a double right now as well, trying to get both MLS Cup and the U.S. Open Cup with them at the same time, which would be a huge achievement. Um, and, and I would say you mentioned Ben Olsen. I would direct people to MLSsoccer.com. Jonathan Siegel has a profile on him there, and it's really good. Olsen, it, it's interesting. He talks in there about how his adaptability as a manager and how he's learned that and how like the vision that he sold to ownership when they hired him is not what they're doing. But he said, you get it. You, you want to do a certain thing. You get on the field and you, you look at your staff and you say, Oh, we, we can't do that. It's really interesting how he kind of opens up on that. It's good stuff. You can see that guy. He said, he says in the piece, he was burnt out. I mean, he was, co- I think the word he used was I was cooked and he took two years off refreshed, re-energized back with Houston and he's and he's loving life there. And like I said, they've got they've got a shot for a double. So pretty fascinating. Should be a fun weekend of soccer before all we, around. Before we get out and um uh Taylor Twelman, I've um I've only started listening to it because it, it popped up, but I ha- he does an interview with um with Peter Vermees, um sporting KC Supremo and uh he, some amazing stuff comes up uh, about his his former life. He used to work at a Jiffy Lube. Um, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I you. Know. Um, now listen, should I be promoting uh, Taylor's podcast when he called yes. it offside? That's fine. Whatever. Is it okay? I, I'm quite bitter about that still. Oh, it's should, fine. That's one of those where you listen, lads. I'm launching a podcast. I'm thinking of calling it offside. You know, a phone call, just a phone call, would be nice. But. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be waiting a long time, I think, for that. Well, anyway, but listen, go and listen to Taylor's podcast, if not for any other reason, but to show what a massive uh, and wonderful and open person I am that I promote other pods on the on our pod. There's room for all of these soccer pods. There is I fir- not. I, I firmly believe there's there is room not. for all of us to exist. We're going to destroy. We, we need an enemy. We've lost all our freaking enemies. <laughs> what? Well, we I, need I, never felt, always, I never felt like we had enemies. This podcast is always, whether it's been Mark We're harmless. Oh, Vilma. Mar- oh, those kinds of enemies. No, we need we need pod enemies as well. We don't have one. Yeah, I haven't we added to my one. list in years. Oh, it's just oh, been poor Vilmot. Jack Warner sitting there all alone. Vilmot and, uh, is, is your Newman. Let's be honest about it. Vilmot. Hello, Vilmot. Uh, this was great. Everybody have an awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I can't wait for my one of my favorite holidays of the year easily. And then, like we said, the football returns domestically this weekend after a pretty eventful international break. Um, lots of, like we said, Premier League, uh, great MLS playoff action. Should be a lot of fun. JJ, I enjoy this immensely. To you, I say... I want everyone just to drive safely, get to your destination, have a great Thanksgiving, be safe. I'll see you, man. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.